All right, all right. Another another episode of the Fantasy Central Show. Micah, I am excited, man. Football is back. We're going into week two. Everybody, you know who I am. I'm Jesse Shooter at this point. It's Micah Henry, our fantasy expert. Yeah. And uh, I think we're just going to jump right into it today, Micah. Before we before we get get started on all of our on all of our to do lists, let's start with a quick little Thursday night football reaction. So, Giants versus the Washington Football Team. We had a nice little. Uh, Finish there. Washington winning on a on an interesting off offsides jump by uh, Dexter Lawrence, yeah. Clemson. You know, Daniel Jones looked decent. Saquon not so much. Sterling Shepard looked good again. What's what's your biggest takeaway for the Giants, Micah? It's interesting. I mean, D- Daniel Jones he looked you know mobile like usual. He was actually making some good reads. I was I was, I was looking at it, like the broadcast just pointed out how he was you know, he was like you know and reading passes better you know make and you know anticipating passes better passes better that type of thing. So you you know Daniel Jones is kind of he's, he's getting better as a quarterback. So I mean the, the Giants you know they're not going to be the same team as the, as the, in, they were in the past. I think Jones is getting better, but you know this was a tough loss for them. I gotta say, my biggest takeaway was was, and this is gonna sound crazy, but is Saquon Barkley's best use for the Giants as a decoy? Like, is that really? No, no. They, they used him as they their best plays came off the read option, where Daniel Jones just snatched the ball right out of Saquon's chest and ran for you know he had that long touchdown called right, back, that right. holding call that wasn't that ghost holding call. Um, I mean, look at this point in time, if I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm telling my my spy to, to keep my eyes on Daniel Jones, not on Saquon, right? I mean, Saquon he he's, he had he had that one forty yard run, and then he did nothing else the rest of the game. So, I think uh, what's happening is it's just logical, you know. This is, it's a guy that's coming back from injuries, and he's not. It, it, players are human beings. You know what I mean, mentally he's not there. He's trying to he's trying to make sure he's still the guy from the past. And there's a lot of pressure from the media. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a lot of factors that swirl around when the guys come back from injury, especially a guy that's that's like Saquon who had yeah. just, just, you know all the expectations around him. So there's a lot going on with Saquon. But I think you know starting next week, I think they play uh, Atlanta, the Falcons. I, I think starting next week, he's gonna get you know 15 at least 15 touches and have his best game of the season. And starting from that point, he'll you know continue to get better. So start Saquon every week, guys. Do not st- do not sit Saquon. Stop sitting Saquon. If you start him this week, it's fine. It's just fine. But continue to start him. Start Saquon. Listen, 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 listen. Okay, so for the Giants side of this, their receivers are super interesting. Sterling Shepard, he looks like a must-start in PPR leagues. Kenny Galladay, not so much. It's a little bit more from him. And then Darius Slayton's yeah. kind of like a flex flyer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Saquon is the one that everybody's interested in because you invested a high draft pick in Saquon. He played 80% of the snaps on Thursday. So he's yeah. in the game a lot. They're, they're easing him back in. The breakout is coming for Saquon because – where there's volume, there's production. Right. I don't think it's next week. I think it's going to take him to week four, week five. However, if you have Saquon in the season-long league, now is not the time to sell. Don't give up on him. Don't be discouraged by the first two poor performances week one. If you someone else in your league has Saquon and they're getting discouraged, now is the time to pounce. Go trade for him and add him and can stash him on your bench. Use him as a flex if you have to. But going forward, I'm, I'm looking for it. On the Washington side of it, it was the Terry McLaurin show Thursday. Antonio Gibson, who I love Antonio Gibson, but I was fortunate enough to be playing against him in a few leagues last night. I had dropped eight points in a PPR league. Micah, are you worried about Antonio Gibson going forward with all the usage to J.D. McKissick, especially in the two-minute drill, but also even in the red zone, he vultured a touchdown? You know, McKissick, he's a good pass-catching back. That's, 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 you know, the straightforward. He's a good pass-catching back. So I think – 
us fantasy football people, we want we don't want to see it, but the fact is they're going to use both these backs to pass catch rest of the season. I think Gibson will continue to get most, you know, carry the, the you know, get most most of the carries, most of the touches. But I think you know McKissick will be involved for the rest of the season. He's not going to just going to go away. He's going to be a factor for the rest of the, you know, rest of the way. I agree. I mean, look, this is a good Giants defense. There was a, it was an interesting, very close game. I don't know if we're going to get that all year. I think if you see Washington lead in a few more games, we'll see more Gibson usage. Um, so the bottom line for me is I still love Gibson. I'm very high on him. I'm going to be trying to trade him and trade for him in the leagues that I don't have him because I think that the talent there is real. Yeah. Um, Terry McLaurin. I'll tell you what. I was very down on Terry McLaurin coming into this week, and he showed up. James Bradbury is one of my favorite corners in the league. He had that one-on-one coverage. He even got some help over top. And Terry just torched this man. So kudos to Terry McLaurin. Kudos to Terry McLaurin owners. Taylor Heineke clearly knows what he has in his star weapon there. And Heineke's not that bad himself. Heineke kind of – he's not bad. He showed some glimpses last season, and this season he's, he continued to show some glimpses. So, I mean, he's, he, he could be one of those guys that breaks out, quote-unquote, breaks out later in their in their career. He's like 28 years old and, you know, has a, has a productive little career. So, we'll see what happens. I saw a stat trending on Twitter that he had the most completions, I believe it was, in his first three starts in NFL history. So not a bad, uh, not a, not a bad stat to for Taylor Heineke. Right there. But moving on, Michael, let's let's keep it moving here. Oh, we got we got we got some uh, from my from my guy Logan Logie Cast Logan, my dude. What's going on, bro? How how are you feeling about Zeke this season? I, th- oh, I, I think I, I, I'm not last week, but let's jump into it, Michael. What do you think about Zeke? Actually, yeah, better yet, let's 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 talk about that in, in the uh, in this trade here, right? Because I want, I want to yeah, jump yeah. into three questions. This is, this is a good time. It's actually a good time for this question. Yeah, it's perfect time yeah. actually. Because we're about to jump into some. Okay, so so for those questions. of you that follow uh, Micah and myself on Twitter, we had a little bit of a uh, of a Twitter battle about an, uh, a listener who asked, us, who asked us a question. Basically, <laughs> the trade offer was he was this this person was offered Dalvin Cook in exchange for Zeke and Josh Jacobs. I wholeheartedly believe that he should accept that trade and run. Micah, on the other hand, mm-hmm. felt that he should stand pat with Zeke and Josh Jacobs. Micah, why don't you defend that side and also answer Logan's question by telling us how you think Zeke, Zeke's outlook looks going forward? Yeah, I mean, Zeke, Zeke looked fine in the game. He, looked, he, did, he didn't look slow. He looks – just people that say, oh, he looks slimmer in the offseason. Yeah, he did. He looks slimmer. He looks, he looks you know, he looks like Zeke. Uh, he's going to be fine. Dak is back. It opens up, you know, the running game with the good passing game. I think this offense will flow, you know, work up with each other. It's going to be fine. Zeke will be fine. He's still talented. And in this trade specifically, you know, I'm a big fan of having depth. I, I love depth. And this Kurt, if, if you if you trade away Zeke and Jacobs for Cook, that gives you Henderson, Cook, and Carter. If Cook, go, if you know what I mean, if you lose a guy, you're in some trouble here. So I I, I hate losing depth, especially at running back. It's hard. To, it's really hard to get good running backs midseason. You have to you have to pay up for them. And I I I rather just keep Zeke and Jacobs and just ride the way. You know, just, just stick with them. I still think Zeke is very talented, and Jacobs is, is talented. He just has to, you know deal with that. Keep doing that injury stuff, but he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be back Look, field. This is not 2005 anymore, right? This is a passing league. So for me, when I'm talking about team like like leagues that have these these different flex setups and all of this flexibility in your lineup, I tend to be very comfortable starting receivers these days over running backs because it's such pass heavy offenses that receivers tend to carry almost as much value, if not more, than a lot of those back end running backs. I agree. So just because that you know the running back depth is lacking doesn't mean that the team lack depth is lacking. 
So, Micah, you and I are in a few leagues together. I understand how you feel about running back depth. I yeah. can attest that Micah is obsessed with running back depth. Almost death, death, death in general. I like depth. I like, I like having security. Particularly running back depth. He, he invests in a crazy amount of running backs. Now, for me, <laughs> I think that this is, you know, I'm scared for Zeke. If I had Zeke, I, I'm trying to trade him because, for me, he didn't look good in that game. I don't care about the stats. He looked slow. He looked indecisive. He looked not confident to me. He looked like he didn't feel like he could beat the linebackers to the edge, and he kept tra- bringing on contact, falling forward for a yard instead of trying to hit the edge hard, cut up field for five, six, seven, eight yards. So for me, Zeke is worrisome. I think this is going to be a very pass-heavy offense that the Cowboys have. I think that Tony Pollard is not going away anytime soon. And then the other end of it, Josh Jacobs, does he have much value? I mean, yeah, he put up numbers in the week in week one, but he didn't look good doing it. And Kenyon Drake is there. Peyton Barber's there. He's already hurt again. I mean, look, I'm not saying that Josh Jacobs has no value and you should cut ties or you should just dump him or anything like that. But you're getting Dalvin Cook, who the only reason this guy offered this trade is because Dalvin Cook for some look, looked good, but not like Dalvin Cook in week one. He's still Dalvin Cook. He still was the clear cut number two ADP running back in, player in, in fantasy football. So I'm a big believer in take the best player in the trade and figure the rest out along the way because Guys get hurt. Look look at Elijah Mitchell. Like Guys get hurt. There's, there's guys that come available. You'll figure it out. You'll make it work. Just get the star-studded, lock-in, superstar in your lineup. you got two good running backs there with Henderson, who, who dominated carries week one, and Delvin Cook, who is a bona fide superstar. Don't worry about the issues with Zeke. Don't worry about the issues with Jacobs. If I have Zeke in a league, I would rather have Saquon if someone's willing to do that. I'd rather have Gibson if someone's willing to do that. I'd rather have uh, Joe Mixon if someone's willing to do that. So I'm down on Zeke. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's, you know, dump him for Miles Gaskin. I'm not saying dump him for even Miles Sanders, but I am saying as far as those, you know, those guys who are going in the round one, two turn, I'm taking those ahead of Zeke right now. That's fair. I still believe in Zeke. So I guess we're we're, we're on opposite sides of the uh, of the coin here, whatever you would like to call it, whatever that phrase is. All right. So so right. I, 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 I wanted to pose this one to you. I, I'm curious here, Micah. If if it were if it were you had Lamar Jackson looking at how he played week one, looking at how Jalen Hurts week one, would you swap them one for one? If you have Lamar Lamar, would you be willing to trade him away for Jalen Hurts after week one? Nah, I thought about this. If I have Lamar, I'm holding him. If I have Hurts, I'm holding him. I, I don't like I don't like trading for redundancy. You know what I mean? Trading just to trade. I feel, I I feel like, like, I, no, I mean? who has more value the rest of the season? Who has more value the rest of the season? I feel like it could go. It really could go either way. You know what I mean? That's why I like I, I'm not going to trade because I could get I could get the answer wrong. So if I have one one of these talented guys, I'm just going to hold them the rest of the way and just you know continue to ride the way. If I have hurts, I'm holding them. If I have Lamar, I'm holding them. I'm not going to trade Lamar for hurts. You know. All right. That, that's my that's that's how, that's how I see it. I don't know. So, so so that so for all you listeners out there, Mike is giving you a cop out answer. He's not he's not willing. It's not to a cop out. That's literally what I would do. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I have Lamar in a league, and if this trade was offered to me, I would think long and hard about it because I think that Lamar, it looks like the league may have figured him out. It looks like without that running back depth, kind of freeing up some of his uh, his running legs, his some of his room to run, he's going to be the guy that defenses just watch out of the backfield as far as rushing goes, and it doesn't look like he's willing to push the ball downfield. It, he wasn't even willing to get the ball to Mark Andrews against a very porous Raiders defense. He makes me nervous. So if somebody offered this with how good Jalen Hurts looked, it's only been one week. Give it another week, especially if you have Lamar. Kind of wait until he has that big week. He has that that classic Lamar week, and then you can get more than Hurts for him most likely. Like doing it straight up is not right. Not good value. However, I am very interested in a trade like this if I have Lamar. Question: 
would you would if you if you had rankings, would you rank Lamar or would you rank Hurts above Lamar in Dynasty? In Dynasty, yes. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That's interesting. All right, guys. Next question. 10 team PPR redraft. Would you rather have Saquon or Monty rest of the season? I'll, 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 I'll take this one first. Monty, this Monty, by the way, for those of you who are not familiar, is David Montgomery. Oh, yeah, David Montgomery. Sorry, he is 100% the answer to this question. As much as I think Saquon will recover by week five, six, why wait? David Montgomery looked unbelievable against a great Rams defense. He finished the year super strong. He's like a clear-cut RB1. This is a Bears offense that clearly wants to go operate through the run game. It's only going to get better when Justin Fields takes over. So I would be super excited if I have David Montgomery right now. Would way rather have him in, in any league. I would, if I had Zeke Elliott, I would trade him for David Montgomery. That's another guy. Listen, I, I like Monty. He's he's a good he's a he's a but he's a running back that's getting better every year. It seems like. But come on, I mean, I'm not gonna say come on, but I I'd, I'd rather have Saquon rest of the season. I think Sa- Saquon looked great. It, it wasn't it, it was it wasn't even it wasn't even just that one big run everybody's talking about. I'm talking about just even the little runs where he you know there was there's this one run I saw this guy on Twitter analyzed it and he looked real agile, real. Saquon esque, whatever that word is. I mean, Saquon. Listen, I remember watching Saquon all the way back to Penn State. He played. He played my Trojans in the Rose Bowl, which we won, by the way. Um, but you know, I know exactly how special this guy is, and I also, I also know what I've seen from Saquon over the last couple games, over the last couple years, and the injuries are getting to him. So yeah, can he recover? Can he rebuild what he had? Look, the medical science is advancing. We, see, we saw Adrian Peterson recover super well. It's taking him a little bit longer to recover. This is a redraft league that, this, that they're asking this question for, not, not a dynasty league. So, yeah, the upside with Saquon long-term is obviously greater given we know what he can be when he's healthy. But given how good David Montgomery looks right now and how highly he's being used right now and how much I don't think that's going to change anytime soon either, he's the clear choice in a PPR, in a redraft league. Keep your That's fair. All right, last question. Last trade question. Twelve team PPR dynasty league. Would you Jesse trade away Aaron Jones for Antonio Gibson? Okay, so I'm biased. I love Antonio Gibson, right? So I would obviously, I would obviously do this. However, yeah. you're getting, you're, you're buying low on Gibson, right? You're also selling low on Aaron Jones. So Agreed. given that the value of them is both low right now, you should be getting more for Aaron Jones than Antonio Gibson, especially given that Gibson's now played two games and hasn't looked spectacular in either, and Jones. You know, if you can get this trade done before Sunday, which, you know, obviously, given your league rules, he would still be in your lineup or however you want to figure that out. You should get more than Antonio Gibson for Aaron Jones straight up. However, if you can get even, you know, a nice throw in receiver of like somebody who starts slow, like a Darnell Mooney or something like that. Great value, especially in a 12 team PPR dynasty league like this one in a dynasty league, too. This is probably fair for one for one i missed that at first so yeah i would say i would i would i would be pretty pretty excited to take that one for one yeah i i i, I agree I, i'd want a little more i probably want like a wire series three or two or something like that maybe a and, draft, a second round pick something some, some some other kind of asset you know to go along with uh, gibson but I, I agree and that's not to say i'm super worried about the packers or or aaron jones like i i think that week one was a fluke i think that they'll get better i you know do i think that he's gonna light the world on fire the way that maybe i did before the the season started, maybe not. I don't think Aaron Jones's value is as dependent on Aaron Rodgers as people expect. Um, I think that if Jordan Love were to come in, like in you know, this is Dynasty League, we're thinking a year down the line. I do think he would retain, you know, that RB one status, probably not top five, but still RB one status. So 
I'm not too worried about him long term. I'm not too worried about him the rest of the season. This is just getting a guy who I think has an even higher ceiling. Yep. All right, guys. All right, let's go through week one because, you know, we, we, we tape this once a week for the time being. We're, we want to catch up a little bit going to week two. So, Michael, let's run through these games real quick. I'm going to start you off Philly versus Atlanta. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles looked fantastic. Atlanta looked like doggy doo-doo. So, Micah, going forward, what, what do we need to know about the Eagles? What do, need, what do we need to know about the Falcons? Eagles are going to be a playoff team. Falcons are not going to be a playoff team. <laughs> That's how I see it. That's simple. What about for fantasy purposes? Fantasy purposes. I mean, listen, we got we got Hurts. You know, looks like the real deal. He's he's going to be a starter for the rest of the season. Sanders, Gainwell, they're going to be kind of complimentary. More more so, Gainwell. You know, being a, a guy that's going to help out Sanders. You know, open up some lanes for him. So I, I like this entire offense. The Falcons. You know, Pitts had a nice usage. It's, it's going it's going to be a interesting season for the Falcons. But yeah, I, I like I like both teams. I uh, I thought that that Gainwell to me was the most interesting revelation of Week One. I think that he could have a nice PPR value all season long. Um, I'm excited about the Eagles' offense. I'm excited about everybody in there. Miles Sanders is the only one whose long-term outlook for the rest of the season concerns me. On the Falcons' side of it, you know, I know Kyle Pitts was you know somewhat effective with his usage, but you know, it just everything I saw in Week One against Eagles linebackers who couldn't cover you know you or I. Uh, it just confirmed what I already believed in terms of drafting him, which was Kyle Pitts needed to have a historic rookie tight end season to return value, let alone surpass it. And he's not going to. He's still a rookie tight end. That's, that's my, my confirmation. The one thing I'm concerned about is can anyone have value in this offense? And Calvin Ridley did not look like he can against, you know, again, not the greatest defense that the Eagles have, but hopefully they bounce back. Um, and Calvin Ridley, you know, gets that volume that he needs. Moving on, next game, Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Micah, the Steelers' defense was an absolute problem for the Bills in week one. Were the Bills too hyped, or should you downgrade everybody who plays the Steelers going forward the rest of the season? I think, as you said, it's a good defense. I think the Bills the Bills aren't too hyped. They're going to have better games. You know what I mean? Josh Allen's going to have better games. They just kind of they kind of got, you know, stuck with a tough, you know, first, you know, game of the season matchup. So I, I expect better games going forward for the Bills, and I think the defense is going to be a problem the rest of the season. Steelers defense. Completely agree. Everybody that plays the Steelers defense, running backs in particular, should get a downgrade going forward. Moving on, Minnesota versus Cincinnati. Micah, Adam Thielen, who a lot of people were down on going into the year, had quite a game for himself. And then on the Cincinnati side of it, Jamar Chase, who a lot of people were concerned about myself, included just for week one. I have shares of Jamar Chase, but for week one, showed no rust. Yeah. So yeah. looking forward, tell me how you grade both the pass catchers for both of these teams. How do you, how do you what, what are they wide receiver ones, twos, threes? How do you how do you rank the pass catchers on both teams? I mean, for 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 the Bengals, I think Chase is the Bengals' wide receiver one for that, you know, he's 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 a, he's a guy. And that's it's not hard to understand why that, you know, Burrow has that connection with Chase. So, I mean, and I think, and I, to be honest, I, I did not expect Chase to be the guy so quickly. Kind of caught me off guard, but I mean, I'm not complaining. Chase is a great player. He's only going to continue to get better. I think that entire, you know, Boyd, Higgins, that entire pass offense is going to continue to succeed. You know, they might have some rough games with, you know, the sketchy offensive line, but I think overall they'll, they'll continue to succeed. Thielen, going into the season, he was my, I think, wide receiver 15, so I'm not surprised by what he's doing. He's a, he's a, he's a good player. He knows how to get open. He knows how to separate, all that, all that stuff. Jefferson will get his touchdowns, you know. But, I mean, I, yeah, the, but both these both these passing offense have, have have plenty of good, you know, wide receiver assets you can, you can count on. You did have Thielen very high, so kudos to you after one week. That definitely paid off. 
I moved Thielen up the rankings myself. Uh, he's, he's currently firmly in that wide receiver two range for me. Uh, that was after Irv Smith went down for the year. So we know Thielen is a red zone monster. No tight end there that you know is going to threaten those red zone targets there. He's going to continue to score touchdowns all year just like he did last year. Jefferson still wide receiver one. No concern there, at least not yet. I think Jamar Chase is going to finish the season as a top 20 wide receiver the way that he looked after one week. Um, I don't want to be surprised at this point. But we will see. The biggest concern for me is Tyler Boyd. I thought Tyler Boyd would do really well against that Vikings uh, secondary, especially with a good pass rush. I thought they were going to give a lot of uh, those short intermediate throws to him, and he was the one guy who I think gave me a little cause for concern. But nothing to be too worried about yet, just something to keep an eye on. Next game, San Francisco versus Detroit. Micah, the the, uh, the theme with this game was running backs. Raheem Mostert went down for the season. Elijah Mitchell, who nobody drafted, showed up and looked spectacular. He quickly became the guy everyone's spending all their fab on. He's the guy who everyone's using their top waiver on. Then on the other side, you have Detroit, who DeAndre Swift looked fantastic, but so did Jamal Williams. So what's the outlook for the Niners and Detroit running backs going forward? Yeah, I think, I mean, Sermon and Mitchell should, you know, and Hasty should be the guys that lead this backfield the rest of the way for San Francisco. And we know Swift is a good pass catcher, and we know Williams is a decent pass catcher, so they'll both definitely be involved the rest of the way for Detroit. Were you investing, you know, a high waiver, high fab in uh, in Elijah Mitchell yourself, or or not so much? No, I mean, I feel like why are replacing, you know, pop up here and there? I don't know. I don't really trust Shanahan. I don't trust how he uses guys. So, I mean, we could see Sermon lead the way this, this week. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not too, you know, I didn't, I didn't invest in them. If I, have, if I had him in nasty, I was like, I, I have a share. So if he does something, I'll at least be able to, you know, have some type of exposure to it. So um, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, missing out on the, on the fab, on the fab run with Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, we heard Kyle Shanahan say that he felt Trey Sermon was not one of his top three backs going into the week, which is why he was inactive. You know, obviously there's could be many reasons for that. He could he could just have not looked good. He could have not, you know, got the pass protection together. It could be that the other two guys play special teams, which Trey Sermon most definitely does not. Obviously, now he will be a top three running back. So this is the week to really find out what they have. Because unless they add somebody, we're gonna see, you know, who gets more of the of the run. Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell. I, I tend to agree with you on the Lions. I think that DeAndre Swift looked a lot better. I think Jamal Williams is going nowhere, and it could be a little bit of I think it'll evolve into a bit of a Gibson uh, McKissick scenario here where there's going to be scenarios that just belong to Jamal Williams. He owns those situations, but overall the guy to have is DeAndre Swift and he should return value almost every single week. Obviously there'll be some that are outliers. The next game we have Arizona versus Tennessee. You know that I had Kyler Murray as my highest ranked quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes, just for the stability that Mahomes brings. After one week, I think that Kyler Murray is going to be the fantasy MVP and win everybody their leagues. I might, I'm probably overreacting, but I want to hear what you think. On the other side of the ball, you have the Tennessee offense that looked like couldn't establish any kind of fantasy relevance, not even their superstar top locked-in draft pick Derrick Henry. So are the Titans worrisome, Micah, and is Kyler Murray really that good? I mean, yeah, Kyler, Kyler's a real deal. And, I mean, this Tennessee offense, I think they'll get going. I think they'll – it, it kind of relies on Henry being good, having a good running game. I think, you know, once Henry gets going, almost Julio, Julio stops committing stupid, you know, penalties, will be better. I think that the Titans offense does concern me. Uh, you know, this is a defensive guy, Mike Vrabel, that the, the offense is fully in the offense coordinator's hands. It's a lot of power for them to have. And Arthur Smith was obviously a great offensive mind. He knew how to – they used a lot of the run game. They used a lot of play action to set up the run and to set up the pass. 
I'll be interested to see how this offense continues to evolve throughout the season, but it definitely took a step back. And you have to wonder, is Mike Vrabel in the hot seat if he can't, if his offense is going to take a step back after adding Julio Jones? So True. I'm concerned about Julio. I think that Derrick Henry will be fine. I am concerned about A.J. Brown as well. We'll see if uh, the pass offense can get going. I'm obviously not giving up yet. They're, they're both starters. They should be in your starting lineup until proven otherwise, but that's where they're at. And you know how I feel about Kyler Murray. He's my guy. Um, you know, Not to throw Mike under the bus or anything here, but he had Lamar Jackson ranked as his quarterback one overall, and I offered him yeah. in one of the leagues Lamar for Kyler Murray straight up, and he wouldn't sure. do it. So, sure, so sure. Obviously, he's, he's loving that right now, but it just goes to show he wouldn't take his top guy for my top guy. So it is I mean, I, and, and general, the rank, rankings, you know what I mean? The, the, the number one guy between the number two, three, four, usually it's just like the difference between three or 30 or 20 fantasy points. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just – Fair enough. Somebody, 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 somebody has to finish at the top. You know, if, if Kyler, if Lamar was really the number one guy, maybe he would have done it. You know, I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm only... Kyler went off. That was my guy, but we'll see. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Seattle versus the Indianapolis Colts. Russ did, in fact, cook in week one. And is Jonathan Taylor the only Colt you can trust? That, those are my those are my two takeaways from that game. So I want I want to hear what you, what you think, Micah. It's Seattle DK was was all right. Tyler Lockett went off. Russ went off. Chris Carson was all right. Um, same cannot be said for the Colts offense, with the exception of Jonathan Taylor, who looked solid. Yeah, I mean Hines will continue to be involved. Taylor will continue to be involved. But I mean that that wide receiver corpse can't stay healthy. I think this week Campbell and Pittman are uh, questionable. I think I think Pas- Pascal should play, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's a sketchy offense right now. I'm not too confident in anybody except uh, really Taylor and Hines. I, I wouldn't have any problem uh, flexing Hines if I really have to because he's going to get some catches. I'm I'm uh, I'm worried about Pittman. He's uh he's 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 a buddy of mine. I, I wish the best for him, but he looked like he had some trouble getting open in that game. I'm hoping that it was you know maybe some kind of lingering offseason thing that's extending into this week, keeping him questionable, and some of that speed comes back. But he, I mean. He was on the field for almost the entire game, and the fantasy production was not there. So yeah. he needs to to get open a little more, work on that rapport with Carson Wentz. I know he's a hard worker, so we'll see if he can uh, if he can establish some value. But as of right now, I am not starting any Colts pass catchers. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, we had the Jets versus Carolina. So Corey Davis had a fantastic game. No one else on the Jets did. And then you had on the other side of the ball the Panthers – who I watched a lot of this game and thought to myself, man, McCaffrey does not look like he's doing that great. And then I looked at his numbers after the game, and he still had 26 PPR points in the fantasy league. Like, this guy is literally a cheat code. Even in his down games, he still drops 30 points. Like, he's he really is that good, and the number one overall pick really was that big of an advantage. Yep. What do you want? You want to add anything to that? I mean, yeah, I, I was big on Corey Davis. I think I, think I had – I. I made it my most drafted next to Jerry Judy, which is you know he's out. But Dorit Davis is one of my one of my most drafted best ball you know wide receivers. So I'm glad to see him doing well. McCaffrey, yeah, if you got him first overall, you got a cheat code. You know you should. There were, people were hype about getting a first overall pick this this offseason, and you should have been hyped because I mean McCaffrey is that guy. You know what I mean? You and I both talked a lot last week about Elijah Moore going to this game because with Jamison Crowder up in the lineup, we thought he would have a chance to uh, to really show us something. And instead, he came away with four targets and one reception. So one PPR point, negative yeah. three total yards. Are you concerned about him now? No, I mean nah, he's a, he's a rookie. You know, we'll we'll see how he we'll see what he does next week. We'll see how he's used next week. You know, what I mean, I think that's more important. See how he's used. See how many times he's targeted. But I think he'll be fine. 
you look great in camp, so you have to believe it was just something about you know the way that that they that the Panthers played them. Maybe they you know stuck an extra guy over the middle of the field. I maybe they were playing some cover three to kind of take us take that away. I, I don't know. I I didn't you know ex- examine the defense that closely that the Panthers were running. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, if you started Elijah Moore, it was very disappointing. He should be sitting on your bench this week until we see what what the Jets are planning for him because we know he has the talent. Uh, next we have the, uh, surprising game of the week, Jacksonville versus Houston. Um, my takeaways from this game, like a new regime, same Jacksonville still looked inept. Then on the other side of the ball, Houston, everybody expected them to be the worst team in football by a wide margin. And then they came out and they looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. So are you, uh, are you feeling better about if you invested in any of those Houston running backs, if you invested in Brandon Cooks, and are you feeling worse about if you invested in, in Jaguars right now, especially James Robinson in particular? Not, not, not necessarily any Jaguars. I think, I think the offense will be fine. You know, I think Chark, Marvin Jones, Chenault, and Robinson will all get theirs. I think Hyde will continue to be involved because he has to be. They have to get somebody to spell you know, Robinson every, every now and then. Robinson, didn't you know, spell him though. They didn't, he didn't just spell Robinson. I mean, he got. I mean, he's significantly outstepped. Like, yeah, he's, he, I, I think Robinson almost doubled his nap. So I mean, it, was, it wasn't a matter of just. It was a matter of just. I think you know the first game type thing. Robinson was on the field for a lot more of the snaps than Hyde was. I think cool, and that that will continue going forward. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, Houston. I think Tyra Taylor looked a lot better than uh than people expected him to be, and, I, and I, he, he surprised me to be honest. I think that could continue going forward. We'll see what happens, but he made some good passes. Terod Taylor, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, look, he's an he's he's an established guy. We know he's a, uh, you know, we know what he uh what he brings to the table. We know that he's not gonna you know win win the Texans game single handedly, but you know against the Jaguars defense like that, he was able to kind of show us that he still is capable. Um, okay, let's move into the Cleveland versus Kansas City game. This game was a great game, very very uh, back and forward. Um, I think that the takeaways here that this Browns running back split is going nowhere, but that doesn't mean that they can't retain value. Like, do we really care that they're splitting carries? I mean, they both returned great. Value. I mean, if you started both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in, in PPR, your team would do pretty well. So is yeah. that is that a crazy strategy? I, I've thought of, I've literally thought about that a few times, you know, flexing Hunt and putting Chubb as your RB1, RB2. I, I think that's a, that's a fine strategy. I mean, when they have a big game on the ground, like they could have this week. You know, they, they, you know, it could be one of those, one of those things. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I, I think it's quickly getting to a situation where this Browns team is just going to run the ball so much and be so effective doing it that you literally could start both running backs, whether it's in the same lineup or in different lineups, and feel good about it. So I think that, uh, you know, they're exactly as we expected. And speaking of exactly as we expected, man, the Chiefs are everything that we projected and more. So yep. Mahomes – Great quarterback, great fantasy production. Travis Kelsey, tight end one, going to score touchdowns, going to get his catches. Tyree Kill, wide receiver one, going to get those 80-yard touchdowns that just, if you're playing him, break your heart, um, as I was last week. Uh, so, yeah. But I mean, Clyde, but Clyde, Clyde is the only thing. I mean, oh, they, yeah, they, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, Clyde, Clyde – I, I still like the uses. Leashes is fine. He got 14 carries. I think probably I, at least 15 touches. I don't know how many receptions he got, but I'm sure he got 15 plus touches. He's he's still going to be ha- get 15 plus touches a game. And you know there could be games. Where, I feel like he's going to have more games 
than the than you know RB one guy should have like this. But I think he's still gonna have better games in the future. So he could be more. So he could be. He could be more of a low end RB one, high end RB two rest of the season. But we'll see. What oh, happens. I think that's way too high of a projection for him. And I, I mean, I was down on him coming into the year, and he looked every bit the uh, the part in terms of they just don't like to run the ball, especially in the red zone. I mean, he, got, he got fourteen carries. I mean, that's, that's decent for a game for we won. I know, but none of them came in high leverage situations or in the red or in the goal line or in the red zone or like they they're all just like to kind of spell the offense and give give the defense you know a different look and try and catch them sleeping and gain some get some easy chunk yards there. Like this is an offense that wants to throw the ball. That's why they drafted Clyde in the first place. They liked his well-rounded aspect to his game. They liked that he could kind of give them a little bit of what they had in cream hunt in terms of catch the ball and run, run great routes out as a running back. We're not seeing him involved in the passing game. And that's what concerns me. Yeah. He, the carries were there. He wasn't that effective with them. I'm sure that'll be different against a worse run defense than the Browns, but we're not seeing the passes coming his way, especially in the red zone. And that's, that's what concerns me because he needs to be the third option by a lot on this team for him to retain RB two value at, at minimum, and he's just I'm, not being really utilized. I'm bl- I'm blanking on him. How many, I I wish I could I wish I wrote down how many snaps is a uh, pass snap has what he what he did in the passing game. So I don't I don't know what he did in the passing game, but I, I'm pretty sure he was involved. But I mean, I, I don't know the exact stats, but yeah, whatever. Oh, we'll pull it up. But while I while I pull those numbers up, why don't you? Uh, Give me some analysis on Miami versus New England. Miami's a little bit tougher to figure out. And New England is kind of, again, kind of what we expected. Damian Harris looked good, right? I mean, yeah, Harris got like, what, 23, 20-something touches? I mean, he's, he's going to continue to get 20-plus touches a game. On the other side, you know, Gaskin, he he was decent, but I, I, I'm still not confident in Gaskin going forward. But both these backfields should give you guys at least an RB3 rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I loved – loved uh Damian Harris coming into the year and I thought he looked fantastic. I'm a little bit worried about that late game fumble, what that might do, because we know Bill Belichick is uh very anti fumble and will hold it against you going forward. But um you know I think that you can't really this is a team uh, this is a team that wants to run the ball. He looked the best doing it by a lot. He's I mean, you know Ramondre Stevenson, all that hype seemed a little unwarranted. He looked pretty unspectacular. He fumbled on his second career carry. Um, and then you have, you know, James White's going to do what James White does, but his offense is going to run through the ground. John o. Smith, Hunter Henry, they should be, you know, decent on, on a, on a week, you know, on a matchup basis. And then, you know, Nelson Aguilar looked good and Jacoby Myers really, you know, didn't really show up. Nelson Aguilar was the guy it seemed like after one week, but we will see how it continues to progress because somebody's going to continue to get fantasy points. I was excited to see Miami with Will Fuller this week, but he is now out for personal reasons. Yeah. So it's another week for Devontae Parker to kind of uh, to kind of surprisingly even show us what he has because it's very clear Tua likes to throw to receivers. When, when uh, there's a lot of options on the field, he clearly doesn't throw to Gesicki. Gesicki is, was clearly kind of overrated going into the season. If you look back at his history, you look at his numbers, his best games are when one of Parker or Preston Williams were hurt. So it's just the targets need to kind of go the, – the, the, Targets need to go away elsewhere for him to start getting those targets. That's clearly the uh, the theme here. Two as a receiver guy. Yeah. Yeah. Green Bay. You said he had. Oh. I just say he had. He had like. He had like. I think it was like three targets, and then he had like a a snap share you didn't want to see. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. I'm a, I'm a little worried about him going forward, unfortunately. And I have like a five. You know, I, I have a lot of shares. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And by the way, Clyde had three catches for 29 yards on only three targets. I would like to I mean, see that. That that that. 
that's that's probably his floor. You know, what I mean, that's that's his floor receiver wise. He's not, he's not going to do much worse, and he could do a lot better. I want to see more from him than that. I want to see seven targets a game for me to feel like he can be a startable RB two, RB one, and he's getting three. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's he's fair. Him, but you know, all right. Um, the the Packers versus the Saints. I mean, Jameis Winston set the world on fire, and the Packers' offense fell absolutely flat. Are you concerned about the Packers going forward? I'm not. I, I think they'll be, I think starting this week they'll they'll show us that you no, know, they're still the same uh, lethal offense from the past. And then we have the uh, the Saints, who a lot of people were worried about their offense kind of being able to do anything, let alone what they did, which was kind of everything. So, I mean, for me, as a guy who loves Kamara and has him in a few leagues. I'm excited. I think Kamara is going to be that guy again. I think he's only mm-hmm. going to get better as the weeks go on. I think that some of those Jawan Johnson touchdowns will uh, kind of find their way to Kamara going forward. And um, I mean, Callaway was the biggest surprise there. He was the guy everyone was like, start him, start him, start him. Where was he? Nowhere to be found. Now, I don't think you should be discouraged by one week. Jameis is clearly willing to uncork that deep ball. That Chris Hogan touchdown could be very easily be Callaway's this time next week. So. Don't be too worried about Callaway if you invested in him in a, as a sleeper. Yeah. Okay, so Denver and the Chargers. These guys played some, the, the Thursday night team, so I want to talk about these two teams individually. So Denver, Judy got hurt. Your boy, Jerry Judy. Yeah. yeah. It's a sad. It's sad. We thought he was going to be a wide receiver too, is he, and now he's done. What, what's that mean for the rest of this offense? I mean – I mean, Sutton's going to see, see a lot more targets. I mean, I mean, it's Hamler and Patrick. It's going to, all those guys are going to see more targets. So, I mean, until he comes back. So, I, I don't think, you know, they're going to miss much, much of a beat pass catching-wise. They still have talented pass catchers to make it work. So, I, we'll see what happens. And they got Noah Fant, of course. So, I, mean, I was just about to say, the one guy you didn't name there is the one guy I think benefits the most is Noah Fant. I mean, obviously, Tim Patrick and, and KJ Hamler go from irrelevant to, to quite relevant. But as far as target share goes, I think that Noah Fant goes from, you know, a fringe – top six, seven tight end to a pretty clear top six, maybe even top five tight end. Yeah. Maybe even top four. Maybe. And I mean, I mean, I mean, look, obviously, you know, you got Kelsey and Waller. Hawkinson looks like the real deal after that, but I don't know. I, I'd feel better at Noah Fant than Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts right now. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, he, I think, I guess he'll eat up more than, you know, those intermediate short passes from uh, Bridgewater, you know? He, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I think he's my tight end four going into going into week two. Um, all right, let's move on to the Sunday night football game. It was the Bears versus the Rams. Like this offense was very clearly held back by Andy Dalton. It's almost like it'd be really nice if they had some other quarterback just waiting in the wings who is super talented and looked great in college and they spent a first-round pick on and can do it all. It's, it'd be really nice if they had a guy like that that, you know, helped this offense take off. But, you know. That maybe maybe I'm asking for too much for the Bears. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll get out there eventually. I think it's only matter of time at yeah. this point. Justin Fields, his time is coming. This offense will only get better. Allen Robinson was concerning after Week One, but you know, even without getting covered by Jalen Ramsey, who played this really interesting star position, as uh, Collinsworth called it on the broadcast, where they kind of used him as like a kind of used him in the in the role that Jam, that Jamal Adams plays for the Seahawks. He kind of plays a little bit of everything. He he shadows the the slot receiver. He shadows the tight ends. He drops in as a linebacker. Um, it's it's smart, you know. You want to get your best player all around the field. So it'll be interesting to see how the Rams defense looks with that look going into the rest of the year. You know what happens if they play 
DeAndre Hopkins? Is he going to shadow DeAndre Hopkins or is he going to continue to play that star position? Maybe, maybe we get an uptick for Hopkins in those matchups going forward. If he's playing outside and Ramsey's staying inside. Um, but on the other hand, you know, the Rams offense, I think the biggest surprise for me here was the uh, lack of usage for Robert Woods. You know, we talked about it before. I, I didn't I didn't feel like Sonny Michelle was going to do any damage at all. You know, it's a complicated playbook. And obviously McVay felt the same because the usage was non-existent for Michelle. He didn't come in until like something like the third quarter, I believe. Um, and Cooper Cup looked fantastic and Tyler Higby looked great. So Robert Woods was the guy who I was a little disappointed in. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, he still got that, you know, I think I think he got a touchdown. I believe in, in the back of the end zone. So I mean, he still he still got he still got some production. But yeah, I, I think he'll be he'll be involved going forward. Yeah, I mean, look, he had he had a solid game. It was eleven points. He had it, but he had four targets, three receptions, twenty seven yards, and a touchdown. Right? You know, that's not. Yeah. It's it's four targets is all is really all he got. You know, if he doesn't get that touchdown, that's a really big dud of a week. So he was obviously used in the run game as he is. Um, I'm not too concerned going forward, but. Both Woods and Robinson are, are nice by-low guys. The guys who have them are uh, are panicking a little bit. And then lastly, we have the Monday Night Football game. Darren Waller is is kind of overpowered, man. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, they could not do anything to stop him. I mean, I thought that they'd shadow him with Marlon Humphrey. They did that a little bit late. It slowed him down a little bit. But, man, there's no stopping that dude. I, he came in the season as my tight end one. He's going to stay there the rest of the season. I mean, Kelsey still had a great game. He had two touchdowns himself. Great, great game. But, I mean – Waller Waller's gonna be that guy. He had freaking what, nineteen targets. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, it was absurd. And it's not. I mean, Carr threw it was like 40, 40 plus times. I mean, it's not. He didn't have a big target share because the sample size was larger. But I mean, he's gonna have a big target share rest of the season easily. We got to talk about the uh, the Ravens backfield really quick before we move on. I mean, you know, Tyson Williams. Everybody started him going to the week. He returned on the value. He had some decent stats, but he didn't look that great doing it. He looked good running the ball, but there's more to playing running back than running the ball. You got to catch. You got to be able to read the defense. You got to be able to pass, protect. And he can't do any of those things well. So Latavius Murray then came into the game and looked a lot better. Obviously, he's you know less effective running the ball, but he's he's you know an older veteran. He's established. He knows how to do all of the little things well. So going forward, are you concerned about Tyson retaining that value as a potential starting running back? Do you think Latavius is going to creep in there and start getting more of that usage? I think I think it's, it's going to continue to be you know that one A one B type thing. You know somebody is like you know two multiple you know running backs working in the same backfield. I I do think Tyson could lose snaps if he doesn't improve his pass protection. Uh, you know in other other assets of the game, but I think as long as they don't bring in another running back, I don't see why you know Tyson wouldn't be involved for us to do it. Are you comfortable starting either of these guys or both of these guys in a 12-team PPR league? I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine flexing Tyshawn for now. Not, but, not and, Latavius, um, but not Latavius. Latavius, yeah. It, it, Latavius is more of a desperation flex, in my opinion. But okay. still still, still viable, but maybe, like, yeah, desperation deep leagues type, type flex. I tend to agree with you. All right, so let's let's uh, let's get out of that. That ends our, our recap of week one. Now looking forward to week two. Ready? We got – we got just one quick hit for you. Josh Jacobs is out going into this week. Kenyon Drake time. Now, we talked about the Steelers' defense, which is who they're playing this week. So, Micah, do you, are you worried about Josh Jacobs going forward, and are you excited for Kenyon Drake getting all of the run of this offense? I'm never going to be excited for <laughs> I'm never going to be excited for Kenyon Drake. <laughs> but <laughs> – 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I hate I hate to talk about Drake like that, but I mean, Drake is a good pass catcher. I just I just don't think he's a, a great runner at, at all. But I mean, yeah, I, Jake, Jacobs will be fine. He'll continue to get end zone looks, you know. But he just has to stay on the field. You know, that's been a big problem for him in regards to not being fully healthy. He's been playing. He's played a lot of games in his career, but I feel like he's never been fully 100. percent You know what I mean? So I think he'll will have to do something to you know get his conditioning in check. Until he got hurt, Josh Jacobs was firmly on my must-sit list for this week. So I think that if you own Josh Jacobs and you're looking to not own Josh Jacobs any longer, you're looking to trade him off, I think that he did you a big favor by getting hurt for this week because he was about to not look good and destroy his trade value this week <laughs> against that Steelers defense. That's, that could so be enough for I actually not, might have done not, not, now Drake's gonna take all the take all the <laughs> take all the blame for right. the He's gonna look for this week. You know, he's gonna he's not gonna you know I think that he did you a favor. I think that now you can kind of come in the next week. Oh, Jacobs is healthy now. He looked great week one against a good Ravens defense. He's a good he's he's got a good upside. He's a first round pick. You should trade for him. Obviously, I mean in the NFL draft. I hope nobody took Josh Jacobs in for first round of their fantasy drafts. Somebody uh, did. Somebody did. You know it. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, it's probably you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Probably was. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's move on to our start sits for the week. We're looking ahead to week two. First, first, gotta say what's up, to my guy. What's going on, y'all? What's going on, bro? All right. Now start sits. All right, and Jesse, we're gonna start with you. You start with my starts. Okay. I'm saying start Jared Goff against Green Bay. First of all, now obviously, if you have Jared Goff as your as your quarterback, it likely means you drafted him to be your backup. And it likely, or he's on the waiver wire, and it likely means you have somebody better. I'm not saying to go ahead and start him ahead of ahead of the likes of a Dak Prescott or of a, a Kyler Murray or of a Josh Allen. I am saying that if you're in a deeper league or you're in a super flex league, or you know, some your quarterback is just gets hurt on Saturday night before the game or something like that. I love this matchup for Jared Goff. That Green Bay defense looked absolutely terrible against the Saints. And this is a Jared Goff who actually looks like he seems confident. He looks like he seems yeah. like he's competent. He looks like he knows what he has in his weapons. He has great receiving running backs. He has a great tight end. He's a great offensive line. Yeah, the receivers leave a lot to be desired, but this he put up good numbers week one. And I think that he could do it again, even if it's in garbage time. I think that he could deke his, deke and dunk his way to very relevant fantasy numbers again against this terrible Green Bay defense. Um, I'm saying that you have to start Damian Harris against the Jets this week as well because he looked great week one, and I don't really care that he that he fumbled and lost the game away. I think that Bill Belichick knows that what he has in Damian Harris, and this Jets defense is, is just brutal. So they're going to run the ball. They're going to run it well. They're going to run it effectively, and they're going to run it with Damian Harris, and he's going to return pretty firm RB2 value for you this week. He's going to get in the end zone at least once. Um. Next, I'm saying that you got to go with Devontae Smith against the Niners. you got to. I mean, he looked fantastic in week one. This offense looked fantastic in week one. I'm not convinced the Eagles win this game. I really hope that they do. But I do think that he's going to continue to get better and better. He is every bit as advertised. And I think he scores another touchdown against the Niners defense that just lost their best corner in Jason Verrett. And then Austin Hooper, I think that, you know, we saw some decent production from the Jags tight ends last week, Chris Manhurts and uh, James O'Shaughnessy. Um, I did not write those names down. I know them. So, you know, for those of you who, who are wondering who the hell the Jaguars tight ends are, 
somehow I was able to get that right. Um, Austin Hooper is a lot better than those guys. And this Browns offense is a lot better than that Jaguars offense. And Odell is still not playing. So clearly Houston doesn't have the backers. They lost Benardrick McKinney. They have Zach Cunningham, but he didn't look great in week one. Um, they, they, they don't have the, the playmakers. Yeah, they have Justin Reed as a safety who might shadow Hooper a little bit, but I expect him more to cover the back end of the defense and kind of a zone setup. I think that this is a, this is a clearly a showing that tight ends can kind of exploit what Houston does on defense relatively well. And I wouldn't be surprised if Hooper steals a touchdown or two. So if you're looking for a tight end stream, if you're not confident in Kyle Pitts, if uh, you know your tight end is is uh, is is Mike was Mike Gesicki going into the year, and you're really nervous about what you have there, I think Austin Hooper is a solid play this week against Houston. So I would I would be confident starting him against Houston, as I would starting tight ends against Houston going forward the rest of the year. I like it. I dig, I dig these calls. I like it. All right. Now, my starts. Jameis Winston at Carolina. I think we'll see another heavy, you know, three, four touchdown game. And I don't know how many passes we'll have this game, but I think, you know, we'll still be able to get a few touchdowns in there. I think now Swift, I think, you know, if, if he plays, I, I'm not sure if he's helped. He's, he's been limited. You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what's going on with that. I guess they're just being cautious, but I'm confident he'll play. And if he does play, I think he'll put up, you know, a lot of receptions, a lot, he'll get a lot of targets. He'll be heavily involved in what should be, a higher scoring game between the Lions and the, and the Packers and the Packers. And now I think Landry should be your start this week with Odell out. I think he'll once again, you know, get a good amount of targets and he'll be, you know, somebody you can start as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three in a PPR. Yeah. And look, I like these two. I mean, look, I think Swift's a little bit, um, you know, obvious, but I think that, uh, I think that Winston, you know, he showed us what he has last week. This is another defense that has a lot of question marks. Um, I'll be interested to see if he can do it again. And then Landry, yeah, same reasons as Hooper. I mean, Odell's not playing. They should be able to exploit this David pretty well. And going off of that, if you're playing DFS, Nick Chubb, he's worth the money this week. I'm telling you, he's going to return on that investment. He's worth the DFS funds. Um, If you're a betting man, too, take the over on Nick Chubb rushing yards. Uh, All right, let's move on to sits. So Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay. You can might as well write Matt Ryan against everybody here because I'm done with Matt Ryan after what I saw in week one. I'm just hoping he has enough value to give. <laughs> I'm just hoping he has enough value, enough talent left to give uh, Calvin Ridley and hopefully Kyle Pitts some value the rest of the year. He, he's, he's old. He doesn't move. And he has a relatively weak offensive line. He, he makes me nervous. And this is a tough matchup. Tampa's hungry. They gave up a lot of passing yards to uh, to the Cowboys last week. They're going to look to uh, improve upon that. Ah, man, I, he just he, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. We had this discussion going. Into the <laughs> we did. We did. We did. You said I, mean, I told you he made me nervous, and I was done going into the year, and I'm really <laughs> done now. I hope you are done with him too. We'll, we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him a few more weeks. We'll see what happens. He, 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 oh, yeah, he has to lose your yeah. league and keep starting Matt Ryan for. No, don't, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't got to start him. You don't lose your league because you, you don't. You don't got no start him. Just keep, keep, him on, keep him on your bench and see, see what happens. And then here we go. As I said, I had Josh Jacobs in here as a sit. I have Kenyon Drake in here as a sit. If you if you stashed Kenyon Drake and you're waiting for Josh Jacobs to be hurt so that way you can play him, I have bad news for you. Don't play him just because Josh Jacobs is hurt. He's not going to do well. This defense is that good. So it sucks that this is the week Jacobs is hurt because, yeah, it'd be nice if you 
you stash the handcuff and he pays off and he's going to you know get free run of a, of a run first team in terms of uh, of the Raiders. But again, for DFS, I'm not buying any Raiders with the exception of maybe Darren Waller. But even Darren Waller this week, I'd rather spend my money elsewhere because Pittsburgh's defense is that good. Um, moving on to Miles Sanders against San Francisco. I liked what I saw from Kenny Gainwell. And I think that this Niners defense is, I don't think, I know they are far better than that inept Falcons defense. So I think that, you're, you know, the Eagles are going to have to throw a little bit more. And I think that's more conducive to Kenny Gainwell being on the field. I think that Nick Sirianni knows what his running backs do well, and he's not afraid to put in the, the running back who does that the best, regardless of their pedigree. So Kenny Gainwell, he's the guy. Juwan Johnson against Carolina. The man had two targets, all right, or three, three targets. Yeah, he scored two touchdowns, and he looked great. But that's not enough for me to start him going into this week. If you picked him up in your league, I hope for your sake that he does well. But Adam Trotman, who everybody was excited for going into the year, played way more downs. And, yeah, that's because he's a better blocker and that he most of his time he was spent blocking so that he could give Kamara and, and Tony Jones more run in the offense. It's, you know, I like Juwan Johnson. I think he has a lot of talent. I think that as the Saints realize what they have in him, they're going to use him more and more. And I think he could he could steal another touchdown this week, but the targets are just so few that if you have an alternative, it's too it's it's not enough for you to start him. It's it's too risky. And then Gesicki versus Buffalo. This was especially when I thought Will Fuller was going to be in the game, but even without him, he's he's I'm I'm done I'm done with Gesicki. I'm not I'm, you can stash him for for your tight ends bye week, but that's it. I'm not I'm not playing Gesicki this year. I'm done with him. Goodbye. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I, I, th- I think I do see him be getting more involved. I don't think he'll have three target games every every week, but I do think his his production could be sporadic, which could make his you know, which will make his fantasy production sporadic. So I, I do hear you. I do hear you on that. Yep. All right. And now I, I I I did do a lot of his. I wanted to really just hold on these two guys that you should not start. All right, we better hear some great analysis here. Then it's, 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 I mean, it's just it's just real simple. Uh, th- this Saints defense is strong. If if Marshawn Landmore plays, he's, he's questionable. But if he plays, I think he's, he's questionable. Out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's out for like three to four weeks. Yeah, he's questionable. He, he's, oh, he's, 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 he's been upgraded. <laughs> that's 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 why it depends. That that's a factor. But I mean, I, this is a, this is a better defense than I expected. I mean, this is a good defense. So I mean, I don't. And Robbie Anderson is a lot more boomer bust than he was last season with guys like Terrence Marshall, DJ Moore. All these guys around, so I, I'm not confident. Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, he has to get that big play to be valuable. If he doesn't get a big play, he'll have like a two target, three three catch, twenty four yard game, which is which is a dud. And Pitts, you know, you kind of touched on this with uh, um, uh, Ryan, Matt Ryan. I don't like this offense in this game. I think they'll they're not going to put up a lot of points. And Pitts, you know, he's a rookie. He's not going to have his best game against one of the better and against these linebackers. It's not it's not, not going to happen. So so don't, don't don't start Pitts this week. It's not this is not his breakout week. You know. It's, Start somebody. Start Hooper. Start somebody else. Don't start Pitts. Yeah, yeah. Hooper would be a good pick for over Pitts this week. I think that you know the Cowboys obviously torched these guys last week, so there is definitely they're not impervious. They're not the Steelers. They're not impervious to to getting scored on. But uh, man, they look so bad last week. It's hard for me to even trust Calvin Ridley. But obviously, yeah. if you have him, you got to start Calvin Ridley. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I looked it into it. Marshawn Lattimore, he is questionable. However, he had to be upgraded to questionable, which is usually a sign of somebody who will not play this week. So I don't know if that changes your sit at all. Um, Man, it, it makes makes it more possible that Anderson gets one of those big plays. That's that's, that's what yeah. it does. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, still, I'm still not comfortable with Anderson in general this season, unfortunately. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. And that is the show, guys. That's our show.
So I hope everybody has a great rest of their weekend and wins their fantasy matchups going into week two. We'll see you again next week. We're going to go over some of the games from week two, and we'll look ahead to week three with some more starts and sits. And, yeah, good luck to you from the Fantasy Central show. Don't forget to to follow us, and don't forget to send us some questions so we can answer them on the air next week. For sure, for sure. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube. Don't forget to – we're on Apple Pods. We're on Spotify. A lot of different podcast platforms. Just look look for – type in the Fantasy Central show, and we should pop up for you. Mike Ward, so you can find us easily. Yes, We're yes, everywhere. Yes. We are everywhere. Just look. Just type in the Fan Central Show. I guarantee you we will pop up. So we look forward to seeing you guys next week. And I thank you guys for tuning in.